Bow our heads, Father in heaven. We ask that the Holy Spirit will descend, will lead and guide our thoughts now. This very important service that we have come to, which uh, is one in which we exemplify both your humility and your love for each other. And so we ask now your blessing in Jesus' name. Tsar Nicholas of Russia had assigned a young soldier to a military border fortress. He put him in charge of all the money and asked him if he would pay the soldiers as the Tsar was gone. When the Tsar had departed, the young man became enthralled with all the cash that he was in control of. And he began to think about the fact that he could gamble away this money and double the money, pay the soldiers, and he would come out ahead. And so he started. He started to gamble a little bit. He was cautious at first. As he gambled away more and more of the government money, and he earned less and less for the fortune that he had planned, he realized that he was in deep trouble. One bad wager had led to another bad wager. And the young man realized things hadn't gone as he had planned. One day, he heard that an official was coming. And he was going to inspect the books. He knew that he was in serious trouble. As a matter of fact, he saw that for him there was a dark future. It was so bad, it weighed on his mind so much. He got the books to see exactly how much he had gambled away. When he was through examining the books, he wrote, A great debt. Who can pay? He decided that the only way out for him was that on the night before, Nicholas would arrive that he would at midnight commit suicide. It was a terrible thing that he had done and he could not face the dishonor and the, and the, um, the sequence of things that he knew would happen. So he determined that he would follow through with his plan. Nicholas had a habit of putting on the clothes and the uniform of common soldiers and visiting with the troops before he made his official entrance. That night, he actually decided to go and check on the young man, his friend who he had appointed all the money. When he came to that barracks just before midnight, he saw the light on and the door open. He found the young officer sound asleep. He looked at the books and he read the note which the young man had written. He saw the revolver laying on the table and he knew what the young man was planning. The Tsar was so moved with compassion. He had a generous impulse. He leaned over and he picked up a pen that had fallen from the hand of the sleeping soldier and he wrote just one word. 
After the young man's note, who can pay? He wrote, the czar. Suddenly, the young man awoke. It was well past midnight, and he realized that someone had seen the ledger. He started to grab for the revolver, but he realized that there was something added. A great debt who can pay. Someone had added something. When he looked closer, he saw the word Nicholas. He realized as he rushed to the files to compare the signature of Nicholas, that Nicholas himself had been there at his bedside. His thoughts began to race. The czar had been here tonight, and he knows what I have done. He knows my guilt, and yet he has paid my debt. I don't have to die. Today, if there's one thing that this service says with reference to its full meaning is that we do not have to die eternally. Yes, we'll all go to sleep and we'll rest until the Lord comes, but we don't have to die eternally. We have an inheritance that we know is waiting because Jesus has laid down his own life. God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. There are two distinct ways in which learning takes place. One way is by being exposed to written or verbal instruction. Maybe that's the way it's done most of the time. The other is in some ways more effective. And it's what young people would call show and tell. They actually observe a hands-on type of learning. They see with their eyes, and it works very well, not only for the young, but for the older as well. The letter is the method that Jesus used. The latter, I'm sorry, is the method that Jesus used on that last night, just before his death. The New International Bible puts it this way. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. Following that statement, Jesus arose from the supper, laid aside his outer garments, took a towel and put it around himself, and began pouring water into a basin, and knelt beside the first disciple, and started to wash his feet and dry them with a towel. Peter was appalled. Peter was appalled. The sight of the master kneeling before the disciples, 
and washing their feet was more than Peter could accept. This was so wrong to Peter on so many levels. Some scholars believe that it was Peter who Jesus came to first. Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus' answer was, yes, Peter. You do not understand what I'm doing, but you're going to understand this later. And Peter's statement has reverberated through the years, as many of Peter's statements did. He says, you will never wash my feet. Peter was always humbled when Jesus interacted with him personally. To think of his Lord touching his dirty feet was so unthinkable. But it was Jesus' next statement that stopped him in his tracks. If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Suddenly, symbolism became reality in Peter's mind. He got it. And immediately he said, Lord, I am a man of unclean lips. In his eyes, he understood exactly what Jesus was about to do. He understood exactly what it meant. In his humanness, he responded, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. I am, he said, insensitive sometimes. Yes, I say hateful things to myself, to my spouse. Our relationships are much like Peter's. When we come to this service, we're upset as we look at ourselves and we know that we are so unworthy. And we say, Lord, Lord, not my intent, the intents of my heart. Don't go there. Not the lack of time that I spend with you. Not my pride, not my selfishness. Please don't go there. These are parts of ourselves that we are ready for Jesus to touch. We are needy for him to touch. Today, communion Sabbath, Jesus set aside for this very purpose. He extends the invitation to us today that he extended to Peter. This service can be a time when he cleanses us completely of all our sin. This service can be a service where, as Peter reacted, we say, Lord, not my feet only, but cleanse me totally. Jesus' explanation of the service that we're about to attend today, when he gathered his disciples for the Last Supper, he says, He that is washed need only have his feet washed, and he is entirely clean. I know it sounds a bit crude, but really nobody needs to go here from this church this day with dirty feet. No one need leave this church with dirty feet. Jesus extends to you, every one of you, and to me. The invitation to accept this service 
in the way it's intended that we be totally washed. As we share with each other, we wash each other's feet. Of course, that is representative of the humility of Christ. But I think the great thing that takes place today is that if we come into this with the spirit of humility and with the desire for Jesus to do his work, we can leave here with a lighter step, free.